Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining the Ask the Expert webinar on Invisalign G7 and the Weekly Aligner Changes Recommendation with John Morton. My name is Kathy Jang, and I will be assisting today as moderator for this session. You will earn one CE hour for attending today's webinar, and you will receive important instructions on how to obtain your CE certificate at the conclusion of the presentation. Additionally, CE hours will automatically be added to your Invisalign Doctor Site account. Please note that throughout the webinar, you will have the opportunity to text questions, which our presenter will answer at the conclusion of the presentation. I apologize in advance if we are unable to answer everyone's questions, since our time is limited, but we will follow up after the program to answer any outstanding questions. Today's program will be archived in its entirety one week from today on the Education tab of your Invisalign Doctor site, where you may also access archived versions of all of our previous Ask the Expert programs for CE hours. It's now my distinct pleasure to introduce our speaker today, John Morton. John Morton is a Senior Research Fellow at Align Technology and focuses on improving orthodontic treatment using aligner appliances throughout the application of biomechanical principles. He previously held positions as Director of Research in the Department of Orthodontics at the University of Connecticut and as a consultant for the NIH, universities and private companies. He also founded OrthoMeasurements, Inc., a company dedicated to designing and manufacturing orthodontic force and force and moment measuring instruments. Thank you all for taking the time to learn about Invisalign G7 and the weekly aligner changes recommendations. So without further delay, I'll turn the program over to John Morton. John, you now have the floor. Thank you for the introduction, Kathy. I appreciate that. It's very kind. And welcome to the audience. Uh, I have the pleasure of introducing uh, today the concepts for Invisalign G7, the next in the in innovations for the G series, as well as a recommendation for the company for weekly aligner changes, uh, the rate at which you can match the aligner change frequency to the physiology of the patient. Invisalign G7 innovations, it's the, uh, the latest in the series. We started off with G3, we went to uh, 4 for open bites and 5 for deep bites. We went into new smart track material. Uh, from there, we went into Invisalign G6 for anterior retraction with maximum posterior anchorage. And once again, later on, we'll be talking about the aligner change frequency to match the patient's physiology. Before I speak about G7, I'd like to talk about what the learnings are on the way to G7. There are many things that we had to understand about the product and the way it actually functions as an orthotic appliance. Uh, in order to be able to uh, do the research and actually accomplish the movements that are addressed in Invisalign G6 and Invisalign G7 now. So uh, I was quite surprised uh, that when I first started the lecture about the biomechanics of clear aligners that it was unclear to a lot of the doctors as to how we actually accomplish orthodontic tooth movement with an aligner. And it is the force that moves teeth. And when I said that from a stage, some doctors were surprised. It is forced at most teeth. It doesn't matter if it's a bracket and wire system. It doesn't matter if it's an elastic or spring. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's an aligner. We're producing force systems, and those force systems control the tooth movement. So what we're looking to do uh, with Invisalign G7 is control the force systems to get better control over orthodontic tooth movement and get better treatment outcomes to it. How do we actually control force systems? Uh, we go to the foundation of biomechanics. That uh, law actually says if you have a tooth movement that you'd like to accomplish, 
You don't just grab an appliance off the shelf. You don't just grab an arch wire. You determine the force system that you'd like to put on the tooth to accomplish the tooth movement. And then you go and design the appliance. That appliance could be anything. It could be a, a new wire. It could be a bracket design. Or it could be the aligner. So we're using fundamental biomechanics, the principles of biomechanics, in order to design better tooth control with orthotic aligners. So what is that force system that we need to address? It's a biological system. All we're trying to do is entice the, the physiology of the patient to respond. And we've learned through the years that patients' physiology responds best to low constant force. So low constant force, uh, low energy, um, reproducible force, this gets the best biological response, allowing the cellular mechanisms to change and accomplish the orthodontic tooth movement. There's been a movement in terms of orthodontics in the past years to uh, accelerate treatment, to get shorter treatment times for the patients. And uh, we have a question, are, are accelerators absolutely necessary to accomplish shorter treatment time with Invisalign aligners? Uh, it is very possible, and we believe that with all the innovations that have been made over the past uh, 10 years or so, that uh, we don't actually need accelerators in order to reduce uh, treatment time, to shorten treatment time for patients. We'll talk about a little bit about that as we go into weekly aligner changes uh, later in this presentation. So through the years, uh, the innovation pathway, we've learned quite a few things. You can see that uh, we introduced some new things all the way from 2009 to 2016 now, almost on an annual basis. And it is this idea of uh, going back to fundamental biomechanics that allows us to innovate at a very high rate. If we had to wait for clinical studies to address every one of the issues that we've tried to address through the years, it would take two to three years, sometimes four years, to get a clinical study and a response back as to what we're designing. So by placing measurements uh, on our benchtop, we get to know if the four systems that we're generating with the appliance are going to control the tooth movement the way we like it controlled. That benchtop can actually be done in terms of about one year. And this is the reason that you see a one-year uh, time to market with new ways of addressing orthodontic control over tooth movement. So in terms of controlling the force system, we do know that uh, brackets and wires and aligners put forces on the crown of teeth. And when you put a simple force on the crown, the tendency is for the tooth to tip about its center of resistance. That's fine if you want the tooth to tip. But just tipping teeth uh, into the form of an arch is not the typical treatment in orthodontics. Uh, any one of the aligners that you can find around the globe can go ahead and tip crowns of teeth underneath the roots. The real art of orthodontics is to control the positions of the roots and then having the position of the roots appropriate, control the inclination and the angulation of the crown and the root. So it's the movement of the root with respect to the crown, the root control that's important in orthodontics. So if we wanted the tip, that's fine. If we don't want the tip and we want to control the root, we need to put a moment, a counter moment, to stop the tendency for the tooth to tip. And we have uh, some mechanics that I'll talk about in a little bit that actually does this, controls that moment magnitude to control the sweep of the root with respect to the crown. Now, it is a continuum. Uh, there's no doubt to it that if you have a, a simple force, the crown tips. If you put a small moment on, it tips a little less. It's called control tipping. If you balance the two, the moment and the force, you can translate the tooth, bodily movement along the arch. Or if you actually increase that twist, that moment even more, you can get the root to move prior to the crown. So those proportions of how hard you twist that moment to how hard you push the force that's there 
the proportion actually tells us how the tooth will move. So it is a continuum. You see the red line that's in the diagram there. That's where it's perfectly balanced and the tooth will translate along. The root and the crown move at the same rate. Anything to the left side of that line, the crown is moving more than the root. So this is a crown tip that's taking place. Anything that's on the right side of the red line, the root moves more than the crown and that's considered some form of root movement. So notice, as you change that proportion of the moment to force ratio, you get an entire continuum of movement from crown tip to translation to root control. And this is what we're trying to accomplish with our aligners, and this is where some of G7 actually addresses this. So since we have moments and forces, what do we actually do in order to be able to control that proportion? And we can measure the systems. And through the past 10 years or so, we've innovated in our measurement technology uh, incredibly. What you see in the photograph that's on the left is an arch with aluminum teeth with sensors underneath each one. So we can measure the absolute force system, all the forces and moments on each tooth in the arch. And the diagram uh, on the right shows you that for each tooth, it's representing the force in the X direction, which is a lingual force for each of those. We can do this with all directions and all. So this basically tells us we know the entire force system on the entire arch. So now I can control the anterior force system vertically, as we did in G4 for open bites, G5 for deep bites. And I know from the anterior force system how I can balance in the posterior force system, hopefully putting the posterior reaction forces somewhere along the arch that is beneficial to the patient's treatment. So one of the other learnings that we had, the aligner is not the shape of the tooth. And you'll find that most of the orthodontic companies that manufacture aligners around the globe, they still use the shape of the crown of the tooth as their, their shape of their appliance. The shape of the appliance is supposed to produce a force system. It should be a shape that produces a force system. That is not necessarily the shape of the crown of the tooth. So if you think about a T-spring or a coil spring, it's not the shape of the tooth. It's a force-generating element. And please think about our aligners in that way. The power ridge that you see in the photograph that's on the left, notice it's a variation from the shape of the tooth. By concentrating, changing the shape of the tooth and concentrating the force at that point, you get the force F1. The second force, F2, is the reaction from the distortion of the aligner. The two forces together produce the moment that you see in the red, and we control the movement of the root with respect to the crown. So once again, the aligner is not the shape of the tooth, a major learning on the way through our G-series that brings us to G7. Movement is that continuum that I spoke about. So how do we actually, in our software, determine how the tooth is actually going to move and how to fabricate the shape of the aligner so it controls this moment and the force. So what we do is we take the initial position that you give us uh, as the patient presents in the scan or in the PBS impression. We have the final position of the tooth, which you see on the left there. That's the position that you accepted in the ClinCheck. We then draw the two long axes of those two teeth and define the center of rotation. That center of rotation can be anywhere from well, well beneath the floor to way up to the clouds. And when we determine where that is, that tells us how to, how to vary the shape of the aligner itself so it controls that center of rotation that you've requested in your ClinCheck. This is all determined by the software automatically and is, is a major portion of the entire G-series. So smart force features and attachments. We had several learnings along the way to get us to, uh, to where we are for G7. The major thing is it's a change in the shape of the tooth. So before we had a change in the shape of the aligner, 
And now we ask a question, is there a surface of the tooth on which we can push in order to get the tooth to move as we want? So we started to look at extrusion. Where's the surface of the tooth that you can push in order to get the tooth to extrude? Most patients do not have a shape of a tooth that has a surface that you can push on predictably in order to get extrusion. So we build one, and that's an attachment. It's a composite buildup on the tooth surface with some flat surface that we can get the aligner to hit. And these were learnings that the data that's on the screen is really not that important. It's the concept that we learned we need to design an attachment for each movement if the surface of the tooth doesn't present for the aligner to push on to produce a force that's required for the movement. This is the family of optimized attachments that were introduced, and G7 has several of these as well. Major learning. The active surface, the flat surface that you see in the two diagrams, that flat surface is called the active surface, and we cause the aligner to impinge on that surface, and that's where it delivers force. It is assumed that the force is perpendicular to that flat surface, and please be clear about that. It's not at an angle to that. We're assuming that there's zero friction between the aligner and that flat surface. So as you design with standard attachments some of your treatment plans, please orient the flat surface that you'd like the aligner to hit on so that when the aligner hits, the direction of the force perpendicular to the flat plane, and that's the direction you'd like to push the tooth. So were you to take an instrument and position it on the tooth where you'd like to push, angle it at the direction you'd like to push, and then determine how hard you'd like to push, that's the magnitude, and this is the way you'd position your standard attachments. One of the other great learnings through the years, this is done automatically in the optimized attachments. Next part to that is I've mentioned the magnitude. How do you control the magnitude of the force? What we do is we use a term called activation of the aligner. We cause an interference between the active surface of the attachment and the aligner. And the greater the interference, the greater the force. So when we fabricate the template, it's positioned and fabricated at that uh, red angle that you see. When we fabricate the aligner, it's fabricated at a different angle. And that different angle, the larger the difference in the angle, the larger the force. The smaller, the smaller the force. So it's activating the buckle aspect of the aligner as a spring element, essentially, delivering force just like stretching an elastic. Now, in order to control the root, you need two forces on a tooth. With a single force on the crown causes a tooth to tip. If you want to control the root, you need a second force. So what you see in the diagram is root control. The root control has the two forces on it, and we control the magnitudes. Force F1 is bigger than force F2, and in that, the tooth moves distally. That's the direction of the force on the center of resistance, and the unwanted tipping is stopped by the force F2 and the control of the root. We began to think more like an orthodontist. Instead of uh, controlling individual tooth movement, we start to look at what are the treatments that you're actually trying to conduct. And one is in the vertical dimension, and we look at controlling the anteriors as a group of teeth and passing the four systems to the posterior in order to control those. So closing for a, an open bite, let's get extrusion on the, on the anterior teeth and hopefully some intrusion on the posterior teeth and an autorotation of the mandible. This is what was introduced for G4. Uh, we then turn to deep bites. Uh, many of the patients that come into your offices uh, present with a deep bite. So the first thing we had to do is understand in terms of intrusion, how do we intrude a tooth? And doctors were telling us that uh, we don't intrude very well. We intrude a little bit, but we don't get uh, an excellent intrusion to it. So we programmed intrusion of a tooth with the aligner uh, directly into the ClinCheck. 
and measured the force system. And it turned out that the force was well off axis. It was about 40 to 45 degrees off. So we were not pushing the tooth up through the apex. We were not loading the alveolus appropriately to get efficient intrusion. So we changed the shape of the aligner and produced the light blue force that you see in the diagram on the left. That pressure area produces that force, correcting the direction of the force vector, and now it goes through the apex, so now we have improved intrusion to it. We also introduced at that time a different arch combination. So you can use the maxillary arch, the musculature of the mandible, in order to produce equal and opposite forces on the upper and lower arches. And many doctors are advocates for using bite ramps that were introduced as well. And that moved us along to where we started to look at G6. And G6 addresses maximum posterior anchorage and anterior retraction. And the only point I'd like to make about this is look at the force system control that's in the diagram. If you can control force systems like this with an aligner, there is no doubt it is a highly powerful orthodontic appliance. So we have many learnings through the years to be able to control these four systems, and that's what brings us to where we are today. So in Visalign circa 2016, we've got some very important things that when you put them together as a system, it's incredibly powerful in controlling orthodontic tooth movement and allowing uh, empowering your doctors to get better treatment outcomes. So smart track material is the one. We actually designed our own material. Uh, smart force features, which I just talked about controlling the movement of the root with respect to the crown. And in G6, we introduced smart stage, and we continue with the smart stage technology in G7. Smart track material. What were its benefits, and, and why did we actually go out and design that? Well, first, we know from orthodontics we need low constant force, so we gave the proper modulus to it and the proper load deflection characteristics. Excellent thermoforming to control the contacts on the tooth. As I had said, you need to determine where you're going to push on the tooth and how hard you're going to push and how far you're going to push it. The next thing, it returns to its original shape. Its spring back is excellent, which means it's very elastomeric. You will get stage by stage excellent movement as tracking with the ClinCheck, much more so than any other material used by any other corporation on the uh, face of the globe. Smart force features control the movement of the root with respect to the crown. That's done by controlling magnitudes of forces, two forces, two different magnitudes, and you can control the tooth movement itself. And smart stage technology is what I'd like to try to clarify a little bit. Uh, as I travel about speaking with doctors, uh, they're a bit unclear about what smart stage is. So smart stage technology is uh, it's made up of having the optimal path programmed in the aligner and then defining the shape of the aligner and activating it, meaning changing how you fabricate it to produce the four systems that you need. So under optimal path, it says the optimal path of tooth movement is determined by the progression of movements in the aligner. So be clear, it's the progression of movements in the aligner, not in the oral cavity, not intraorally. You're programming a position of a tooth so it fabricates a geometry of the aligner to produce the contacts and the force magnitudes you're looking for. So the position of the tooth in the ClinCheck is not the position of the tooth intraorally. It's the position from which we fabricate an aligner. So once again, it's the progression of movements in the aligner, not intraorally. So we're going to position the tooth as we need to control contact. And the bubble on the right, the shape of the aligner. The shape of the aligner at each stage is determined by the aligner activations. I just described the activations. 
when you have a specific uh, attachment or you have a tooth surface, if you program an interference so that the aligner is not shaped at the shape of the tooth, not shaped at the shape of the attachment, you can control the interference and control the force magnitude. So the trick of smart stage, position the tooth so it produces a, a rough force system that you're looking for, and then go fine-tune the force system to control the movement of the root with respect to the crown by controlling the shape of the aligner and activating the surfaces appropriately. So all of these learnings uh, in terms of let's get the right material, let's control the root with respect to the crown, let's move segments of teeth, groups of teeth, one against the other, Let's use the reactive force systems that are occurring to the benefit in the treatment. All of that brings us through to Invisalign G7. And as I travel about, doctors have always said, we need better finishing. So Invisalign G7 uh, is actually to address the concerns that were brought to us by the doctors that attended the lectures. These were not solutions that came from inside the company. These are requested by the audiences and the doctors that use Invisalign. So... Invisalign G7 addresses upper lateral control. Every place I've ever been, they say we don't control laterals well. Well, this is one major step along the way for better control. Uh, second, there's a single mesiodistal root control. So on the canines and the premolars, we now have a method of smart staging, as I just discussed, smart staging of the tooth so that there's only one attachment required in order to control the root control. The third thing, a smart stage for prevention of posterior open bite. I think it's acknowledged that uh, from time to time, patients actually uh, result with a posterior open bite. And if that's the situation, uh, it would be nice to know the cause. We went to our database and determined that uh, there are certain uh, indicators at the beginning of treatment, different types of treatment taking place that have a high probability of resulting in a posterior open bite, which needs to be addressed. So we're going to try to prevent that by doing some staging upfront in the ClinCheck, and I'll describe that to you shortly. So what's new for Invisalign G7? Uh, upper lateral control, uh, we have uh, an optimized multiplane attachment for rotation. What we understood uh, from around, I think it was G4 enhancements, that uh, we could control uh, the upper laterals for a root control movement. However, uh, that multiplane movement, three-dimensional, when it's extruding, rotating, and tipping, if a large component was rotation, the attachment wasn't functioning that well for us. The tooth wasn't tracking as well. So we set the engineers on a task to design something that when the large component is rotation, we could actually get a large first-order moment to rotate the laterals. Uh, second thing, upper lateral control, optimized support uh, attachment that's there. We recognize that when you're trying to control the upper laterals, sometimes they don't track because you're trying to intrude the centrals or the canines next to it. So we've got a method now for actually getting better control over the tracking of the laterals uh, in terms of um, when the centrals are intruding. And then uh, root control, we have a different solution now for root control, which I'll describe. So the original uh, multiplane attachment for the upper lateral had extrusion, tip, and rotation. And this is what it looked like in the diagrams when we were back around G4. So the goal now is that if there's a large rotation component, what do we actually place? And this is what it actually looks like. So if you see on the patient's right, notice the orange arrow, the tooth is extruding, and it's rotating, and it's tipping. There's a large component of rotation. So the attachments to support the rotation, they're coupled with the vertical movements, extrusion on the patient's right. And on the patient's left, just as an example, we have the intrusion, the rotation, and the tip. 
So this is new for your Invisalign G7, the fact that if the lateral is rotating quite a bit and extruding, you get this solution to it. Notice that the attachment orientation is different. It's uh, treated tooth by tooth, patient by patient for the orientation of that attachment. We've now in included the intrusion. Now, the position of the attachment is extrusive. It's going to hold the tooth, the force, the blue force on the attachment is holding the tooth down into the aligner as the aligner is producing the first order moment, the green arrow, to cause the rotation of the tooth. The programmed intrusion of the tooth itself in the aligner is a greater force, and therefore the tooth will intrude. It's held into the aligner, but then it intrudes because of the larger force that is actually produced by the intrusion programmed in the ClinCheck. The uh, enhanced upper lateral control, we have the support attachment as well, because we recognize from our database uh, from a couple of thousand cases that we looked at that didn't track very well with the laterals that often it was because one had programmed intrusion of the centrals or intrusion of the canines. So what had to occur was to get those centrals and canines to intrude and then the lateral maintains contact with the aligner and can actually undergo the type of movement that's required. So now with Invisalign G7, there are new optimized support attachments to deliver the better tracking so that when the central is intruding or the canine is intruding, this attachment will be placed automatically by the software and it should produce the forces that are required in order to intrude the centrals or the canine. And this is akin in brackets and wires to using a shorter interbracket distance to produce better controlled force and slightly higher force magnitudes. Uh, if this uh, retention attachment or support attachment was placed way back on the molars, you'd have a lower force magnitude to it, and you probably would not effectively do this. So the movement of the very two large teeth adjacent to the lateral can actually be better controlled, and once those are better controlled, the tracking of the lateral should be much better as well. A major issue that doctors have spoken about and things we've learned through the years. The optimized root control attachments uh, that went through quite a, th I think, three generations. We started off by having two attachments on the crown, uh, just two places to push, one mesial, one distal. Uh, then we replaced that with the what you actually see in the diagram here, which is one attachment. So the movement of the tooth had uh, uh, pressure points that were pushing the tooth in the direction you wanted it to go. And the attachment would put on the counter moment to stop the unwanted tipping. So this new generation now uh, that there is for Invisalign G7, smart stages the position of the tooth. And the smart staging, the repositioning of the tooth in the ClinCheck, produces the driving force. So the repositioning, the smart staging would be distal if you want the tooth to move distal. It would be mesial if you want the tooth to displace mesially. And then the attachment is activated in order to produce the counter moments to control the root. So once again now, it's fewer things being placed on the teeth, fewer attachments being placed, smart staging being used to produce the driving force, and the attachment produces the counter moment. So once again, note that the attachment is not the force that's driving the direction of the tooth. It's in the opposite direction, stopping the unwanted tipping and producing the counter moment. So the premolars and the canines with smart stage technology, this is essentially what it looks like. The small blue arrows that are pointing to the left that's the smart stage uh, force vectors that are being produced by the staging of the tooth position. The blue arrow that's on the attachment is the force from activation of the attachment, a change in the shape of the aligner to stop the unwanted tipping and control the moment, which is the yellow arrow that's there. 
For Invisalign G7, uh, the third thing that we're addressing is the prevention of the posterior open bite. Very often, doctors assume that the posterior open bite is the occurrence uh, is because of the thickness of the aligner in the posterior, and most of the time, it is not. Uh, it's a premature anterior contact, contacts in the anterior that hit and do not allow the posterior teeth to occlude. So we went to our database and we looked at thousands of cases and came to the conclusion that in a posterior open bite, which is a parallel posterior open bite, that the premolars and the molars are all split apart by about the same amount, that this occurrence is typically caused by a loss of inclination of the anterior teeth during the treatment. So the first thing we wanted to do is stop this premature anterior contact from occurring. So uh, number one, uh, we set a larger overjet. Automatically in the software for G7, we're setting a half a millimeter overjet so that the occurrence of the contact of the upper to lowers is going to be less prevalent. Second thing we did was we set the uh, interincisal angles, the upper with respect to occlusal plane, the lower with respect to occlusal plane, to be more appropriate for treatment. Uh, very often people speak of an Invisalign smile where they're very upright. So we've corrected that in the software, and we have a much more reasonable interincisal angle uh, to be set. And this, uh, once again, should cause for fewer anterior uh, interferences for posterior open bite. Now, the new feature set that avoids the posterior tipping during incisor retraction. And this is what we noticed in our database. The data demonstrated that it was when you're causing a constriction of the arch, a retraction of the anterior teeth, that you would have a loss of inclination and the contacts, premature anterior contacts would occur. So this is what G7 addresses. It's designed to control the angulation of the posterior teeth and the inclination of those anterior teeth. It's trying to support the inclination of the anterior teeth with the green moment vectors that you see. The idea being that we need to hold the inclination, not lose it, and therefore we won't have the anterior contacts and we won't generate a posterior open bite from it. So the optimized anchorage attachments for incisor retraction on the posterior teeth, you see them in the diagram. And those are used to put the moment on the posterior teeth to hold those back so that as you're constricting the arch, the anteriors are retracting a bit and you're not dumping those into any space that's there. So by supporting the anterior inclinations, we are going to lessen, we're going to reduce the prevalence of a posterior open bite in arches that are, or have incisor retraction program to them. Arch constriction. When you're constricting the arch, this is essentially what has a tendency to produce a posterior open bite. So maintain the inclinations during the arch retraction, during the arch constriction, and posterior open bites will be less prevalent. This is a huge advantage of Invisalign G7 as we learn going forward what the occurrences of posterior open bite. And to be clear, there are several causes of posterior open bites. This is a major one. This is the largest one, and that's why we're addressing it in G7. So that concludes with what uh, G7 actually is. Now I'd like to move on to talk about weekly aligner change. So a lot can happen in seven days. Uh, there's no doubt to it that teenagers specifically with high bone turnover rates, uh, very fast physiology, uh, they respond very quickly to orthodontic force, that uh, changing aligners on a seven-day frequency is very easy to do with teenagers and it tracks very well. So the idea would be we used to do 14 days two weeks, and if the patient responded well, we would reduce it to maybe every 10 days, and if the patient responded well, then you, maybe you would change them on a weekly basis. The suggestion is most patients respond well to the seven days. If they respond well, that's great. If they don't, 
maybe then you go up to 10 days, maybe up to 14. But the idea would be to give every patient the ability to have the shortest treatment time possible by beginning with weekly aligner changes. Now, what's the power of the system to allow us to do this? What's actually changed? And what I've tried to describe is that the learnings of the system itself, the whole system, smart track material being the right material, controlling the root with respect to the crown with the smart stage technology and the features, all of that together allows us to make this type of a recommendation. Ten years ago, we probably would not have made a recommendation like this because if the material wasn't as effective as it needs to be, we probably wouldn't do so well. But I think the learnings um, of the doctors and the advancement of the Invisalign system itself through these years and the innovations gives us the security to be able to recommend seven-day aligner changes for all patients at the beginning and then match that to the physiological response of the patient. If they respond well, that's great. If you find something that's not tracking that well, then you can actually slow down the aligner change frequency. And why are we doing this? Uh, the motivation actually comes from the patients. The patients want the shorter treatment time. They're asking for the shortest treatment time that's there. And often, if you uh, tell them that it's going to be a two, two-and-a-half-year treatment, uh, they're hesitant to commit to that. They're, they're not going to sign a contract for that. So the shorter the treatment time can be, uh, the easier it is uh, in order to provide treatment for the patient. It's easier for the patient's lifestyle as well. So many doctors are trying different approaches to shorten their treatment time. This is what accelerators are about. Most likely, as I say, we don't need to do that. The Invisalign system is advanced enough now that weekly aligner changes are recommended, and it's a straightforward approach to reduce the treatment time. You don't need to buy other auxiliaries or other appliances in order to get uh, patients to respond appropriately to it. It's a very easy way of shortening treatment time for a patient. So the aligner changes are recommended for, uh, for the treatments in terms of Invisalign Full, Invisalign Teen especially, all right, and Invisalign Assist. So as I said, teenagers, uh, the bone turnover rate, the physiology is very quick, and orthodontic tooth movement can move along as fast as their physiology allows. The only thing that we have in the system that lets you contour it and cater the, uh, the treatment to the patient that's in the chair is how often you have them change the aligner. And that's, that's the most important thing. The decision to prescribe weekly aligner changes is at the doctor's discretion. I can't stress that enough. You know the patient. You see the patient. We at Invisalign have never seen the patient. What we get is a digital file that you give us that we can move the teeth around and put them where you'd like them to be. However, it's up to you to determine if the patient's being compliant, if they're wearing the aligners, if they're responding appropriately. Now, the next bullet point says monitor tooth movements such as rotations and extrusions, significant root sweeps, root movements that are taking place. We do know that there are certain movements that take a little bit longer to complete. So perhaps during the treatment, while there's a large uh, rotation taking place or a significant root sweep, you might have the patient wear those 10 days or 14 days, but not every aligner in the entire treatment for, for 14 days. There's no need. To give the patient the shortest treatment time possible, you can do weekly seven-day aligner changes. If large rotations occurring, you might have them wear just those few aligners, maybe those three or four aligners while those movements are taking place. You would actually have the patient wear them a short time longer. So that's the point to it is that you need to monitor it. And it's you as the clinician who needs to make the decision as to which part of treatment uh, can be changed weekly and which part uh, might be a little bit longer. Uh, to aid you in that, we have the tooth movement assessment, 
Uh, you can click on the tab for the tooth movement assessment, and you see green, blue, and black movements. Green movements are very easy to do. The uh, blue movements are a little more difficult, but still track very, very well. The black movements are things that you need to monitor during treatment, and those black movements are those that are listed, such as root sweeps and large rotations. Depending on the patient response to treatment, particularly mature adults, consider longer periods between the aligner changes. We do know that, that uh, mature adults, that their bone uh, turnover rate uh, can be much slower. Their physiological responses can be slower uh, in terms of taking painkillers and things, uh, which a lot of the mature adults do, that so you'll find slower rates of orthodontic tooth movement. So once again, knowing your patient and interviewing the patient appropriately, you can match the, uh, the aligner change frequency to what's correct physiologically for the patient. Now, we went and did some data on this, and one of the most interesting learnings that you're treating is that if it didn't occur, if a movement, say a derotation, didn't occur within one week, it didn't occur within two weeks either. So it was no more successful or no more, no more failure on the two weeks than it was on the one week. And that tells us we probably didn't have the mechanics right from the beginning. So once again, what you can accomplish in two weeks, you can accomplish in one week if the patient's responding appropriately to it. So the weekly aligner changes, if you start with weekly aligner changes, you, you can reduce the treatment time by 50%, and that's just straight mathematics. Uh, if you change aligners on a two-week frequency and then you change it on a one, the patient responds well, the treatment time is half. And I, I do think it's important to give every patient the ability for their physiology to respond and for them to be good patients and be compliant in wearing their aligners that they if they do this and, and uh, respond appropriately, they'll have the shortest treatment time possible. If you prescribe as we have been at two weeks, you're automatically sentencing the patient to a very long treatment time. So give every patient that opportunity to uh, perform well, physiology respond to get the shorter treatment time. Now, we took a few of the practices that we have. We analyzed 200 cases uh, and took a look at the complexities that were there. And in terms of measuring crowding, the overbite, the overjet, and arch expansion, some fundamental measurements that are basically made across the arches, that there is no difference in the one-week wear to the two-week wear. And that's very important. No statistical difference in what's accomplished in two weeks versus one. So as I said, if we didn't accomplish it in one, we don't accomplish it in two. And the mechanics was probably incorrect. So it's a, a very strong recommendation that one-week wear is appropriate to begin with all patients. Many of the doctors have said that they feel that if we change on a weekly basis, that we're going to overload the tooth. We're going to produce too high a force. And another way of saying that is saying that the tooth velocities are too fast. And the answer is uh, that's not true. The tooth velocities that we program in Invisalign, 0.25 millimeters for one point on one tooth in an arch over a two-week period, is now over a one-week period, and that is still less than half of what's written in the literature as to what a tooth can actually move, the rate at which they can move. Of course, this is patient-dependent. The physiology turnover rate determines the orthodontic tooth movement of the patient. But most important, from our benchtop measurements, we show that what we program at a weekly basis is not moving the tooth too fast. It's not producing excessive force. They're well within the safety range, and we do not anticipate any increase in hyalinization or root resorption from the loads that are being applied. So they're prescribed at a doctor's discretion. Weekly aligner changes simply involve instructing the patient to change aligners every week. And that's a pretty easy way 
to uh, accelerate tooth movement and to get shorter treatment times, which is being requested by the patients. There are no staging or velocity modifications in the treatment planning required. No changes to each of the tooth movements. We don't have to change our programming that we do. It's just change the aligner change frequency to match the patient's physiology. Seven-day aligner changes, weekly change, no changes to the way you treat or the concepts or your treatment planning. So in summary, for the uh, innovations that we have, Invisalign innovations, they're based on fundamental principles of biomechanics. And any of you that have heard me speak before, yeah, you know that I uh, firm foundation in biomechanics and believe it is at the heart of all orthodontic appliances. And that includes G7. And G7 addresses upper lateral control, something doctors have said we don't control well. Uh, we are in there now and we're working very well with it. And we expect excellent tracking from G7. Uh, the root control, uh, smart staging the position of the crown and controlling the root with easier ways for you to do it uh, without so many attachments on the teeth, which is one of the requests that we get often. And posterior open bite prevention, this is our first step into uh, actually predicting that a patient sitting in the chair has a high probability because of the treatment, the retraction of the anterior teeth, of resulting in a posterior open bite. So let's do that up front. Let's do that and make sure that we program the proper inclinations, the proper overjet, so that the probability we're going to get is lessened. It's a very strong step into getting better treatment. So the Invisalign system in 2016 uses that smart track, the smart force features, and the smart staging, which was introduced last year. These three things together make an incredibly powerful system. Each one individually wouldn't do too much. But once you put them all together, we have excellent control over orthodontic tooth movement. We think that G7 is a, is a huge advancement as we go forward in answering some of the problems that we have in treating patients. And the doctors are empowered to achieve excellent predictable treatment outcomes with this advanced Invisalign system. And as I travel about, uh, doctors are saying they see an incredible difference over the past five to six years in what can actually be accomplished. And fantastic treatments being shown at each of the presentations as to uh, how they control tooth movement and outcomes that are, that are very good for the doctor and very good for the patient as well. So we're very excited about the uh, Invisalign G7. It is in response to what doctors have requested for better treatment and also the recommendation for weekly aligner change. We consider that this to be exactly what patients are asking for. And because of the advancements in our system, we feel very confident in recommending that everyone start with seven-day changes, giving the patient the opportunity for shorter treatment time. And now I'll pass it back to Kathy uh, for a Q&A session. Thank you. Thank you, John, for a great presentation. I want to cover one quick thing that's very important in order to receive your CE certificate for this program. Currently on the screen right now, there is a link to take a quick survey. Once you complete your survey, you will have immediate access to your CE certificate. So please go there after the completion of the program. If you experience any problems with viewing any of the presentation, the archive program will be available on the Education tab of your Invisalign Doctor site.